Welcome to episode 8 of Button Key Games Cast. I'm Jordan, and this is Evan, and we're here to have some brews and talk about some games. Dude, before I sat down to record this podcast, I had the perfect McDonald's strip. Ooh, what does that even look like? So, do you know how when you go to McDonald's, sometimes you get like good McDonald's where everything is perfect for McDonald's? And sometimes you get like crappy McDonald's where they put way too much mayonnaise on a McChicken or something. And it, like, it's just not a good experience. I had, I had the perfect McDonald's experience. Went through the drive through got my normal order, one double cheeseburger, two McChickens, and they nailed every single piece of that order. Those McChickens were crispy, weren't they? They were crispy. It was the right amount of mayonnaise. And that double cheeseburger was probably the best double cheeseburger I've had from there. Wow. All for $3. Perfect meal. Man, what a good start. What a, what a good, good thing start. to happen on a podcast recording day. It's it's great. It just puts you in the mood to record a podcast and drink some beer. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you got to celebrate. You have to celebrate the perfect McDonald's trip with beer. So what are you celebrating with? I am celebrating with uh, Hardywood Single. Oh, dude. You got Hardywood? Yeah, bro. Yo, dude, I got Hardywood. Here's the thing. I saw you posted on Instagram right before we started uh, recording this podcast, a photo of your beer. Go check it out. Instagram, Button Key Games. And I saw that you had a Hardywood and I was like, that's funny. I also have a Hardywood. This was unplanned, folks. The Hardywood single was actually one of my first beers. Oh, yeah. Yes. I enjoyed it very much, so now I'm talking about beers on a podcast. Yeah, well, I'll, uh, I'll I'm going sure all to... out with mine. Uh, I got this one from Costco, and it's actually a pint bottle, so we're going all the way this time. Uh, it's called Baltic Sunrise. Uh, it's like a coffee porter, and it's made with blackhand coffee, which is a roastery around here who makes some of my favorite coffee in the city. Uh, mm. I don't know if you've had them, but they're delicious. Uh, okay. And this is the first time I've seen this. It's the first time I've had it, but it looks amazing. So I'm going to drink it because that's what we do. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's the one. Yeah. That's oh, good stuff. Man. Take a second sip. Yeah. It's like, you just got to get it. Got to get that flavor going. Ooh. Mm. It's so smooth. Sometimes coffee porters can just be way too much. And like they they overdo the coffee part and it's just really uh kind of a bad experience in the aftertaste department. Mm-hmm. But this is it's like they didn't feel the need to be like this needs to taste like coffee. Mm-hmm. But like there's just some coffee notes in there is delicious. Yeah. And that pint will be gone by the time we're done. Oh, so we've got McDonald's. We've got beer. Sounds like we're set up for a good time. I think the only thing left is video games. That's it. Uh, So what have you been playing this week? This week, uh, I've uh, played a few things. Played uh, quite a bit of Apex this week, actually. Oh really? Jumped, yeah. jumped back into Apex. I did I got like six wins, and I was, I was like, yeah, it's a good week for Apex. It's been fun. Um, but I also spent 
you know, a lot more time with Division 2. Uh, Division is, 2. Yeah. It's been... This is... I know it's early. And the year is almost a third of the way done. But this is my favorite game of the year so far. Yeah. It is so good. I'm enjoying every second of it. And I'm only upset because I'm still not level 30 yet. Yeah, me too. I think I'm an 18. Uh, I'm a 20. I just got to the west side of DC or the west side of the White House. And it just introduced the third faction that you'll be facing. To the west of the White House? West of the White House. I just I just did my first mission over there. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've seen the new faction yet. I don't want to spoil anything, so I don't want to go into detail yeah, about what I've I just done. It. Yeah. But it was awesome. That's all I'll say. Uh, if we did the thing that I'm thinking that we both did, it is awesome. It was pretty do. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that game continues to amaze me. It's really good, man. They... They nailed the loot part of the looter shooter so well. And Destiny didn't do this for me. Nope. Uh, Anthem definitely did not do this for me. Heck no. But like we talked about, I think in the previous week, it rides those uh, highs and lows and those valleys and mountains really well. It does a really good job. Better than anything we've seen since Borderlands. But Borderlands still does it better. But we'll get into that. Uh, yeah, you just you just hit those points where you're, you don't feel weak, but you definitely feel like you're not packing the punch that you were just because the leveling has gone ahead of you. And then you find a gun that is a sweet submachine gun and it does more damage as the magazine empties and you just mow people down. And then you find the perfect gun to complement that gun and then you just feel like the most powerful person in this city. Yeah. Or and if he- you find the only gun you'll ever need, which is an LMG that three shots dudes with a 120 round mag. I have not found a 120 round magazine LMG. I've got one right now and it's sick. I always find the 100 round magazines, but I always put on the attachment that increases reload speed, but takes 15 rounds away. So it's a hundred, I think it's a hundred round mag by default, but it has like a, a talent, I think that gives it plus 20%, um, mag capacity. The one that, the one that I have. Yeah. It's it's pretty sick. Now I'm getting drops from ads that have talents on it and it, I've had to make some tough decisions about what I'm carrying around. Uh, and I just now realized that you could take the scopes off the marksman rifle. <laughs> running around, running around with the twelve times that I didn't want, and you can just take them off. Yeah, makes them better. Have you have you really spent more time in the dark zone yet? I have not, just because I'm trying to get to thirty. I did. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you have stories from the dark zone. Yeah. Give me a story from the dark zone. So, uh, me and a couple buddies got in there we decided well one of my fellow squad mates decided immediately to perform a rogue action um and so once one person does that the entire squad goes rogue so 
then we run around and you have to basically complete these rogue actions within a certain time frame in order to triangulate the position of the thieves den is that what it's called thieves den yeah yeah and uh so we did that we went to the thieves den which was super underwhelming and i only imagine that's the case because we probably need to unlock something that makes that more interesting um because it's kind of nothing there at the moment um but we did that and then we left and i kind of got separated from my squad and they were fighting some 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 npcs and uh, so I kind of went around the block and thinking I'm going to flank behind the NPCs that they're fighting because I hear shooting over there. And I get behind these NPCs and I'm shooting at them. And there's another player there. But the funny thing is, I didn't realize he was another player. I just started shooting him. And um, once he died, it like made us, what do they call that? Did you go into like manhunt? Yeah, like there's a term they use. Um, so you can be like a... I don't fully understand it, but you can be like rogue, but not be like everyone's not necessarily aware that you're rogue. Oh, it's like if you, it's pretty much like a traitor to the division almost. Yeah, they have a name for it, but I can't remember what it is. But once you do it, then you get like a cooldown. Um, but as soon as I killed him, that popped up and I was like, oh, shoot. So that was actually a real player. I, I wasn't paying any attention. And then um, everybody in my squad freaked out because everybody got that notification. But I killed that dude and I stole his contaminated loot. And, and that... Um, my friends is how I got my first piece of high end gear. Like a yellow? Yeah. Oh, I haven't even gotten a yellow yet. Dude, Dark Zone loot, even at level I think it was a fifteen at the time. So worth it. Does it seem like the weapons that are dropping in the Dark Zone are geared towards PvP or Dark Zone usage? Or is it just like this is good gun for wherever? It's it's like it's good everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, that's, awesome. that's where I got that LMG too. I'm still using it. Yeah, I I couldn't be having a better time with the division. It's the great. The story the story is meh, but that's kind of not what I'm there for. I went in saying like this probably isn't going to be the best story. But just the gameplay, the gunplay and everything surrounding it just feels so good. And I just keep thinking about it and I just want to play more of it and get to that end game in which the game like opens up even more. Yeah. And now you have skill trees and now you have a new faction that invades missions and then you can advance the world tiers to make things harder. Uh, the control points become more important. And I haven't even touched a stronghold yet, which is like the highest tier of mission that we're yeah. at right now. Uh, and then uh, World Tier Five, I believe, drops on April fifth too. Yeah, which I will not be ready for that. Releases the last stronghold, the Tidal Basin, and once you beat Tidal Basin, you'll advance your world to World Tier Five, which the World Tiers uh, make enemies more difficult, but it also uh, raises the level of gear that can drop. So you can go to like World Tier Two, but you're only getting gear. That's within a certain range of power. But when you go to World Tier 5, it's going to be harder, but you're guaranteed the most powerful gear when you're playing uh, in that tier. It's all about the loot. Give me the loot. That's how that, that's how that goes, right? Yep. I thought so. Another game came out this week that I have unfortunately neglected a little bit because Division is so good. Not to say that this game isn't great, but I've been so interested in the division. Uh, but Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, 
yeah. the new game from developer from software, the people who make the Dark Souls games and the Bloodborns. And all the games that make you hate yourself. Yeah, this game's no different. <laughs> uh, this game is set in more of a Japanese, almost like feudal Japanese environment. And you play as a shinobi. And it's very counter-based, unlike Dark Souls. Which is more and, like dodge-based from what I understand. Uh, It just depends on what you picked. Like, you could pick an agile character and be better at dodging. I always picked uh, Sword and Board because I'm a little wimp and just wanted something to protect me. Uh, But this game is not about that. This game wants you to play the game the way it wants you to play the game. The game plays you. Sure. Yeah. No, it does, because, like, they... You fight this boss, right? And he has an a move that there's only one way to not get hit by it. Right? But he's got three of those guy? moves. No, he's got three of those moves. One of them is a sweeping attack, and the only way to not get hit by it is to jump at jump, the perfect yeah. time. Then he's got a stabbing attack, and the only way to not get hit by that is to counter it. Then he's got a grabbing attack, and the only way to not get grabbed is to dodge. And so, like, you have to memorize... The boss like all those different moves and tell based on the animations what he's about to do and do it just in time so that you don't die in one hit yeah so the game plays you i don't think we need to get super into the weeds about what this game is uh other than to say it's a dark souls like game and you're going to be traveling through a kind of an open world with a lot of branching paths. Yeah. And you have a you have a thing that heals you and it has a certain number of uses and you can uh upgrade that through the game and you find bonfire equivalent statues that respawn enemies and save your progress at that point. Uh and unlike Bloodborne and Dark Souls, uh in this game you can die twice. Yeah. In one go. So there is a mechanic where if you die, uh, you can resurrect. But it has unforeseen consequences on the world, but I haven't really run into much of that yet. And you just come back with like half health and you go again. And then I just en- end up dying anyway. So I just get sent back to the, the statue. Just to... Just to get it out of the way, this game is no joke. Nah. It is not playing around. Uh, it is not afraid to murder you. You nope. will get destroyed. You will get surprised. Yep. You will bang your head against not even an actual boss, but a mini boss over and over and over again until you kind of let go of your pride a little bit. Head down a different path. Uh... I got an ability that allows me to have another way to disarm a stabbing attack or a piercing attack like you were talking about, where you can dodge into the stabbing attack and then uh, Sekiro or the wolf will step on the spear or the sword or whatever and it'll stun lock the enemy for a second. Are you talking about like the, is it a Miku counter? Is that what it's called? 
something like that. Yeah, it's on the ability or tree. Maku counter. Uh, but I found that the window was much bigger than it was to parry it. Yeah. Um, and I beat that. Uh, Jordan actually watched me fight a guy for like an hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, called the Shinobi Hunter. And I didn't beat it with him watching, but I left, went and did something else, got a new ability, went back, and I trounced him really fast. Uh, this game kind of teaches you to just go explore if you're bashing your head against something because a lot of things have weaknesses that you might not be privy to yet. Yeah. And a, a lot of the weaknesses come in the form of your Shinobi prosthetic, which you lose your arm in the beginning of the game and throughout the game, you can get different tools that can help you defeat enemies. So there is uh, a big ogre on some steps at one point and you overhear some people talking about how it doesn't like fire. So you, you fight them, you lose, and then you take the hint that you got Go find a shinobi prosthetic that shoots out fire. And then I beat him in like one go again. Yeah. So it's very difficult, but it gives you ways to make it easier on yourself or to relieve the pressure of just having to be perfect in combat. Because being perfect is very hard. It is not something that comes easy. Uh, This game is very parry based. So the main focus is no longer on health bars of enemies, but it's on their uh, poise meter. So you pretty much have to break these enemies poise by doing parries and by hitting them while they're blocking or hitting them normally. And then once you break their poise, you can do a death blow. And on normal enemies, one death blow will just kill them. But on bosses or so, they generally have a certain amount of death blows that they can take before they die. Did you did you ever beat the headless? The headless, no. Because I watched you I go down ever, there. I don't think I ever found him. Yeah, you did. I watched you. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. No, I didn't. I ran past him. I was just curious. Um, but I've I've really I've really enjoyed what I've played of the game. Um, I have just been distracted by a lot of other games, uh, especially since I'm kind of stuck right now. I'm sure I could just spend some time on it, go find a prosthetic or something to to beat this boss I'm stuck on, but. But I really enjoyed my time with it, and I definitely get that that feeling of, yeah, you know, like when you finally kill that boss. Um, but it's it's been fun. I really, the combat is very satisfying uh, in general, and unless it's not, it's just kind of the way it is. But uh, but yeah, that's uh, Sekiro, or Sekiro. It's really good. Is this your first Soulsborne? Yes. No, well, yeah, I played a little bit of Dark Souls, but... Not not very much. Yeah. Have you found the difficulty to be something that you wanted to put down because it was so difficult? Or is it something that you feel is worth powering through? It's. I think it's more of a, how am I feeling? Mm. Um, because there are times I don't feel like, because it's just one of those things you, you, you got to devote a lot of time to it if you want to move any, move the ball at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um, Sometimes I just want to jump in and play something where yeah. even if I play it for 30 minutes, I'm going to move the ball. And in this game, you can easily spend 30 minutes and get nowhere. So it just depends on the mood that I'm in, really. Has this given you the urge to 
go back and touch the other Souls games or no. that combat just isn't for you? No, I mean, a lot of the appeal of Sekiro to me, and I talked about this before, is the 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 environment is is a lot more interesting to me. And the fact that there's kind of an in-your-face story here. Um, where you don't really get that with the Souls games. And so I'm just I'm just not that interested. Uh so I saw this article. Actually they were like dual articles on Forbes. Um they were kind of opinion pieces. And by kind of I mean they were opinion pieces. Yeah. Uh and one is titled Sekiro Shadows Die Twice needs to respect its players and add an easy mode. Uh and the other one is called No, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice absolutely does not need an easy mode. Um, and there's kind of been this debate going on, especially around Sekiro, because I think they made this game a little more accessible to people to get into. Uh, and maybe it's just because it's not a Dark Souls game by name, but people have seemed more interested in Sekiro. Yeah. And there's been this debate on whether this game should have an easy mode. And I was wondering, I know my opinion, and I'll give it in a second, but I was wondering as a new, uh, dark, uh, excuse me, I was wondering as a new Soulsborne-like player, do you think it would be worth it to have an easy mode, or do you think it's fine as it is? Um, I think that the difficulty of this game is as it was intended. Yeah. And so I don't think that like I, I want to experience what the developers made um, this game for me to experience. You know what I mean? Like I want to experience it how they intended. I don't want to, um, you know, have them basically do something that could change the whole scope of and pace of how the game plays out. Yeah. So, no, I don't think that would be a good idea. I think these games are meant... I, I know these games are meant to be brutally difficult and it feels like this throwback to games of old, like in the eight bit, 16 bit era that were just hard and you had to like bash your head against it to do it. And, uh, these games aren't unfair. Like some of those games could be. Yeah. But it's definitely of this new age of, or this revival of a type of game that is difficult because it wants to be difficult and I do feel like taking and adding an easy mode uh a you either give players a way out and they just say oh I'm gonna play it on easy and then you kind of lose the impact of saying like I beat Dark Souls I beat Dark Souls 3 yeah um I feel like right now beating those games is an achievement yeah and it's a big deal and it's kind of like uh, battle scars for gamers of some type because they love these games and because they make them so hard you can get triumphs like a guy beating all of the Soulsborne games without taking a hit yeah that's insane I saw that a guy actually did that he played through Demon uh, 1, 2, 3 and Bloodborne without taking a single hit and just seeing the joy on this guy's face when he did that, the elation that he saw, that he felt, I don't think you would have these games even if you had an easy mode because these games are about their difficulty and they're yeah. about uh, pushing through and trial and error and figuring it out and overcoming something 
whereas some games are just about seeing a story and some games are about uh, multiplayer or whatever. But this game is about overcoming a challenge. It's almost like a puzzle game in that way. You play puzzle games because I want to overcome something. I'm going to play Baba is You because it's hard as mess and I want to overcome something. No doubt. Uh, I'm going to play The Witness because it's rewarding for me to discover something. And playing through older Dark Souls games, it's so freaking rewarding when you do something that you've been bashing your head against a wall and you just can't do it. And then suddenly something clicks and you have the perfect go and you do it. And I think even the the idea of there being an easy mode will stop players from achieving that because they can just turn it on easy. Some people will still play it hard, but some people will turn it on easy. And I think there's a discussion that can be had about accessibility in games when it comes to disabilities. Uh, I think that's a that's a separate discussion that people are lumping in here. And I don't think that's where the heart of it needs an easy mode comes from. Uh, yeah. I, th- I think, like I said, if you put an easy mode in just because you do not have the wherewithal to beat this game and your body is fully capable, I think putting an easy mode deflates what these games are in a sense. And I think I think it's good the way it is. Yeah. But that's Sekiro. Oh, no, screw that snake. No, I'm not. I'm not done. With Sekiro. (laughs) This is not a spoiler. It was in the first trailer for this game. There's a giant snake. And I don't like snakes. I think snakes are terrifying. It was fine. No, no, dude. No, dude. It was fine. No, dude. When, When he sees you... This part wasn't that hard. But when he sees you and he violently attacks you... I just wanted to like stop. No, but at the very end of that section, when you when he's like shoving his head in the in the in the what is it like the cave that like you're the in? cart thing? Yeah, you're hiding in a cart. No, not that. Like when, after that, once you run from him and you're like in like last time you see him, you you get into like this little cave and he's like bashing his head in there trying to get in, like right in your face. Is that on the way to the horse guy? Yeah. Did that happen to me? I might Did- not have turned around to see it. Dude, I might have just I been turned around forward. to see it, and I, I legit had fear. It was pretty well, th- crazy. There's a point before that where you kind of get an upper hand at some point, and the snake does not like it. No, he <laughs> The does snake not. does not feel good. And just seeing him not feel good about you getting the upper hand was enough for me to run the heck away and not look back. Yeah. I'm not about that life, Jordan. Uh, I have a video. <laughs> I have a video of it that I might post on Instagram. It scared the bejesus out of me, uh, because he just kind of like sees you. It's it's kind of like a stealth section. If he sees you, you're like done. Uh, I think you can take a hit before dying, but it is terrifying. I don't like it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't die. I, I made I it through that one. one. I died once, not yeah, twice may- though. Maybe that's where your your fears stem from. No, dude, it's, I don't like it. <laughs> no, it uh, was really good though. I actually really thought that was I thought that was really cool. It was an interesting segment. I I do I do enjoy it, but gosh, dude, no. I hope it doesn't come back. It's gonna come back. I hope, I hope it doesn't. I hope it does. Anyway, I hope I have to fight it from the inside. I think I saw a sign that mentioned that. I don't. I don't think so. I think I just made that up. 
I don't, okay. I don't think that's real. Okay, it's big enough. Y- yeah. Uh, but I think that's what that's what I've been playing this week. Yeah. Uh, actually, you you just you just touched a little bit of Borderlands. We're gonna I, segue I into did. Borderlands discussion. I yeah. Did. I was I was telling you to get ready for the podcast, and you were like, "Nah, dude, I got to beat Nine Toes." Yeah. So I only like, played like an hour, maybe. Yeah. Um. Dude, that game is so good. It it definitely graphically hasn't aged well, but what does it matter? Because we're about to get the remastered HD version, right? So before we talk about that, I, I'm going to tell you a story that I don't know if you knew, but you remember OnLive? We talked about it a couple of times. Oh, yeah. OnLive would do this thing where you could try like the first 30 minutes of a game for like a demo almost. Yeah. Every game had a 30 minute demo and I was much younger when Borderlands one came out and I didn't have any money at the time. So I played through the first 30 minutes of Borderlands, no less than 25 to 30 times. Did you kill nine toes? Oh, I killed nine toes so many freaking times, dude. Yeah. I got, I got, I killed the, the skag that killed, uh, TK Baja's wife a bunch of times. You got that. Is it a leg? Yeah, I got his leg got back. his leg back. And then Scar. he gave me his shotgun that shot like a wave of energy ammo. TK's the, wave. So useless. It's a useless gun. Oh, yeah. Useless. But yeah, I played, that, sure. I played the first 30 minutes of that game so many times. Yeah, dude. Well, I spent like an hour in it and it was awesome. Yeah. It was really I good. think I hold Borderlands 1 in higher regard than I hold Borderlands 2. I think I think one did do some stuff better. It it could very well be that it was the first time I was playing something like this. No, because I just went back and played one again. This is the first time I've played one since on live, bro. Mm. And that first like forty five minutes to an hour of playing, I was like, this is better. Hmm. There's something about it like in the beginning of Borderlands 1, they make you feel so puny. Mm. Like, you you die fast. Like, you feel like you're getting the crap beat out of you and there's nothing you can do about it. And you're dealing so little damage. And you have, like, a pistol. Yeah. Well, it depends on who you pick. I started oh, yeah. with, with the terrible scatter gun or whatever. And it's like, it's like a six-shot shotgun that takes, like, 15 seconds to reload. You playing as Brick? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Brick was and, my character. And it's it's like takes like five of those six shells to kill one dude. It's just it's not that ridiculous, but it's it's what it feels like. Um you're like you're so weak, but then you get you get really you get to a peak from that valley really fast. Mm. And so they give you a taste of what that feels like really early in the game. And I don't feel like they did that um with Borderlands two as much. I feel yeah, like it took longer to feel that loot up and down that we well, got borderlands two from the jump you were like taking on hordes of uh i forgot what they were called the yeti type creatures um it's right on the top uh, of my tongue bully mongs uh, molly wongs bully mongs bully mongs yes molly Wan is a gun yeah in that universe um but you were like taking on so many of these dudes at once you were taking out bandit outposts yeah, we're in Whereas Borderlands in, 1s. It's like, here's three bandits. Now go barely survive against them. 
Well, in like Borderlands 1, you are fighting like skags in the beginning, like just skags. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. And and if you're not careful, they'll rip you apart. But once you know the game, you know how to kind of just jump around their attacks. Yeah, but, but it, it definitely, it definitely, that's, that first part is like kind of going up the hill of the roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a little rough sometimes, but like you get to the downhill part pretty quickly. So you peek and you get a gun that is good uh, and much better than a gun you already had. And maybe that's what it did was it just gave you the, like a really crappy gun at first. And then once you found a yeah. gun that was like usable, you were like, oh, man. And that's your first peak. Right. And and I remember the first time I played Borderlands, like leaving Firestone mm-hmm. was like a scary thing. Yeah. It was and like, like the, what is it? The arid badlands or something? Uh, that's that's a little bit later on in the game, but. Or maybe that's the name of the whole area. I think that's the name of the area. That oh, yeah, I in. guess it is. The, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so, so you're in the arid badlands, but like Firestone's like the first little city settlement thing that you're on. Um, but like just leaving out the gates of Firestone, even though there's just a few skags out there was like kind of, kind of scary. And I just remember feeling like insecure about it and wanting to get back to Firestone. Yeah. Um, and, and it felt like that until I hit that first peak and I got that first weapon that made it where I just like slaughtered all these guys out here. And then you and, um, just can't help but want to explore. Yeah. And there's something about like that being the first, my first experience with, with a game that was like that at all with, with looter shooters and, you know, um, and it was, just, it was really cool. You know, it's a, it's fond memories and playing through that again. Um, I'm excited to like blow through all, I'm going to play all the games except for pre-sequel. Cause we don't talk about that. I don't like pre-sequel. We don't talk about that. Uh, but yeah, you were speaking of earlier before I interrupted you with my story. Uh, Gearbox had a panel at PAX East uh, they where did. they announced some things. Uh, one of those things being Borderlands 1 Game of the Year remaster, something like that. I can't remember the details, but it's like a 4K game. remaster of the game. And if you own it on PC, that is a free update. Heck yeah. Uh, it adds four-player multiplayer instead of two. And For split screen, a, yeah. It adds a mini-map, which I didn't even know the first game did not have a mini-map. It Seems did useful. not. Yeah, it only had a regular map. Um, I wonder if they fixed that strafing thing, though. Like, in the first game, you can you can strafe while you sprint, but if you if you look anywhere else, like if you turn your head, then he stops sprinting if you're strafing. Oh, I remember that. It's so annoying. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I wonder if they fix that or if that's a little bit of a deeper issue. Um. But. So if if you have uh, any of the consoles, you'll have to buy it because they hadn't released Borderlands One at all on Xbox One or PS4. Right. So I think it's like thirty dollars, which honestly is not a bad price for that game. Um, and I'll pick it up at some point once I'm not busy with everything else. Yeah. Uh, they also announced that Borderlands, the Handsome Jack collection. The Handsome uh, collection, yeah. Which is Borderlands 2 and the pre-sequel will be getting the same 4K up-resing. And that will be free for whoever has the copy of the game. Because that is on Xbox One and PS4. Yeah. And PC. Uh, but then the big news happened. Uh, not without some technical difficulties, though. Uh, yes. The, I 
probably I mean, think different. I thought it different. was supposed to be a slideshow. It was pretty rough. That thing was running at like 15, 20 frames a second. It was less than that. You're giving them too it much credit. Yeah. <laughs> I was giving the people of PAX too much credit. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they were having some technical issues with the stream or the computer playing the 4K codec that they uploaded the trailer in. And it led to some awkward moments on the stage. Yeah. Uh, and personally, I think Gearbox is already really awkward when it comes to their onstage stuff. It was fine. Oh, dude. I think... I think Randy Pitchford is a very awkward human being. I like I like that they go up there and wing it, man, because it feels like we're just people. Oh, I don't. I, I just, like. I, I don't, can't. I, I can't. I can get with it. Doing a sure, it's do, awkward, but I'm cool with it. The pacing kind of sucked. Doing a 15 minute long magic trick. Yeah, that or, was that's that an was, exaggeration, probably, but yeah, that was maybe a, a little drawn out, but like I can still appreciate the authenticity. I just wanted to get to Borderlands 3, I guess. I mean, I and did too. I'm just saying. We just kind of went the wrong way about it. Uh, they, but, they did. But Randy Pitchford did kind of get kind of get booed. Yeah, because the the trailer was having trouble running. And he, the, for he Borderlands the, 3, the folks at PAX and they booed And him. he looked at the people at PAX. Yeah. And he said, I knew I should have brought our own equipment. And then the crowd started booing him. And then he looks to the crowd and he's like, no, 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 we love PAX, but I mean, guys, we've been working on this for five years. Yeah. And this was the, this was the moment. This was the reveal. Yeah. And it kind of got, I ended up just going and watching it on YouTube because they released it at the same time. Uh, But Borderlands 3 looks like more Borderlands. Indeed. It does not appear to be adding any of the live service stuff, at least as far as we know. And I'm fine with that. about. And I'm fine with that too. I um I do hope that they, and I'm sure they will. They've always been really good about doing a lot of DLC. Um, yeah. And it's like quality DLC. Yeah. So I mean that's a game I'll buy all the DLC for. Yeah, there there'll be a season pass for sure, and I will buy that probably day one because yeah. I'm a sucker. But they they've proven themselves in the Borderlands franchise as living up to DLC hype and doing interesting stuff. Yeah. Um. There is going to be another four protagonists that you can play as. Uh, yeah. And they seem to fit inside of the archetypes that already exist in the past two Borderlands. Ah, uh, kinda. Yeah. They're, one one dude's a Beastmaster, and he's a robot Cyclops-looking so, thing. So what awesome. I'm wondering is, like, is he the one who called in that, like, Triceratops fire-breathing thing? I think that was an enemy, bro. I wasn't really clear, but like if he called that in and that's like his like special so, skill, I'm I'm gonna be on that because so I wanna I, I want think, my own flame fire breathing triceratops. I think confirmed he'll call in like Skags and he'll probably call in Rax or something. So kind of like Mordecai from Borderlands One, yeah, who could call in Bloodwing. Uh, he seems to be like that, but also a bruiser, like Brick, um, just from his size. Yeah. Uh, and then we have the soldier, who's special this time is to call in uh like a mech. Yeah. That she walks around in, and also people like your teammates can ride on the back of the mech while you're driving it around. Oh, I which didn't is even really catch cool. that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, because I thought that was the uh I forgot what they call them like the assassin class 
I thought that was his special because he was riding on the back of it. And then later in the trailer, it shows the mech like destruct around the soldier character. Um, and then there's another siren who kind of does the Doctor Strange thing from Infinity War where he makes like four of himself, but all the arms do like the cool shapes. Kind of like the the Hindu goddess that I can't remember the name of. I'm guessing that's her that's her power. All the sirens have had those kind of like abilities. Like Lilith could phase walk. But like what does it do? Maya, we don't really know. Maya did like the bubble that like held people in one spot and you could get it to spew like acid at some point, which yeah. is really cool. Um and then there is kind of an assassin class. I think they named it and you said the name earlier, but I forgot it. It's the operative. The operative. And he kind of looks like uh a hammerlock type character lookalike. Um, and he's probably the one we know the least about. I don't think they really showed much from him. Yeah. But other than that, dude, there's a gun that has feet. There's over 1 billion guns. There's 1 billion guns and at least one of them, what has feet? It has legs, bro. It totally it just has walks legs. Around. It has like little chicken legs and it runs around shooting. If you haven't seen a gun walk, just look up the Borderlands 3 trailer. I imagine I imagine that's going to probably be a grenade slot if I wouldn't if I would put money on it. Maybe. Uh because it didn't seem to fit into a kit because I think in past Borderlands there hasn't been like active abilities that weren't that wasn't your ultimate. Yeah. Uh so I imagine this would fit into a grenade type slot considering some of their grenades have been crazy in the past. Yeah. You get the grenades that like just bounce up and down like spewing fire. You could have healing grenades. They've done some really cool stuff and they appear to be doing more cool stuff. Definitely creative. Uh, Was there anything you noticed from the trailer that you felt stood out? Guns. More guns. Lots of guns. Um, It seems like the environments yeah. seem pretty diverse. Uh, I want to see what's really up cool, with that city, man. The city environment was what popped everyone. Yeah, I don't know why, but it just it looked cool. I think it, I think it's just because it's so different from. Yeah, it's like a it's like a neon cyberpunk city in Borderlands, yeah, which sounds awesome. Um, it seems to be multiple planets this time. Yeah, you uh, notice it said uh, save the worlds. Save the worlds. Yeah. Um. So more biomes than just Pandora. Uh, returning characters, uh, like Hammerlock, like Ellie, uh, Vaughn from Tales from the Borderlands. And you got Mordecai, uh, Tiny Tina, Roland, Brick on the they, saxophone. Yeah, Brick and Tiny Tina. No, who is that? Is it Roland? It's Roland, Tiny Tina, and Mordecai seem to be on a little crew. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, Brick played that saxophone. He's got a sweet mustache. Yeah, he looked like Duke Silver up there. Um, and the villains are kind of like hit or miss for me. They're like emo, like I really feel like we don't know clothes. enough, but everybody is kind of judging their emo ness. They're they. It's like yeah, those are the villains. But <laughs> I mean, the things we know, it's a cult. Um, there's yes. like a sign and one of the uh, shots from the trailer. That says like uh, something about the holy rupture. So it seems mm-hmm. like they're they like worship 
what is that stuff from the vault? I can't remember. Uh, like iridium. Iridium, yeah. So it seems like they like worship iridium or something, or or maybe they worship the vault itself. I don't know. Um, uh, they already showed a vault key, so that's already out in the open. Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah. There's so much in this trailer. There's so much. Like, if you don't, you could go by and pause every frame. And that's how we found their names of the new villains, Troy and Tyreen. It was in, it was in like a t- small snapshot. Oh, I didn't even know that. Tyreen? Tyreen. All right. I'm back on board. That's a cool name. It was Tyreen or Tyreen. I can't remember now. Uh, it better be Tyreen because I'm going <laughs> to murder Tyreen so good. Yeah. Uh, Randy Pitchford blatantly said that Handsome Jack is dead. Yeah. And will not be returning, not even in Digistruct form. Uh we'll see how that turns out. Yeah. He's <laughs> there was a there was actually a handsome Jack mask in the statue trailer, the teaser trailer that they released. The mask man. He was like mask Nah, we man. were just we were just screwing with you guys. He's not in the game. Don't be dumb. Yeah. A nice little uh, troll. I, so what's your what's your hype level on Borderlands three? Uh I'm pretty hype. I'm pretty high, but I'm also um, anticipating uh, the Epic exclusivity deal any day. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. They, um, to, to be fair, Gearbox did release some of their like um, production company games onto Steam. Uh, oh, gosh. What's that game called? Uh, they just released Risk of Rain 2 into early access on steam but that might be because epic doesn't have an or early access function could be no telling. um we'll see i mean i could uh, be wrong i could just be wrong it seem, but it i'm seems just anticipating it randy pitchford's been tweeting at epic and stuff seems to be leaning that way but we're hoping not obviously it is what it is Either way, I'll get to play it on my Xbox One X. Wink. Yep. I'll also get to play it because I'm not going to miss out on Borderlands 3. It's the, it's the game that won Epic the War. No doubt. <laughs> Borderlands It 3. absolutely is the game that would win Epic the War. We'll all sell our souls to Epic to I'm, get Borderlands. I'm pretty sure every everyone who's complaining right now would buy it. Yeah, I pretty guarantee it. Yeah. Or pirate it. So hopefully no one from Epic is jerks. listening right now. Yeah, no, please. Epic. Don't do it. Don't don't do it, man. No don't exclusives. You haven't you haven't earned my trust yet. That was the Borderlands announcement from PAX. Uh earlier on in the week, Sony had its first state of play uh video. Yeah. I don't know what I don't know exactly what to call it. Nintendo Direct-esque. They're calling them episodes, I believe. Episodes. Um, Funny story, did you see that Nintendo Direct was uh, trending on Twitter because of the state of play? I did. Because everybody was just saying, hey, did you see see Sony put on a Nintendo Direct? (laughs) It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I posted about this on Instagram. Uh, before I even go down what they talked about, I think this is a disappointing start. Because you don't own a PlayStation VR. Yes. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't think so. I think PlayStation VR owners were probably pretty hype about that. Here's, here's what I think. If you, this is the year that you're skipping E3 
and you're starting this brand new I understand, series. I understand. But do you not remember when they said why they were skipping E3? Because they don't have any games to show at E3? So what did you expect from this? No, uh, you don't launch your first thing that is very much emulating Nintendo Directs without setting expectations properly. It could very well be my fault that I let my expectations go crazy. I, I wasn't would say expecting so. I I wasn't expecting anything nuts. But Jordan, they started this press conference with Iron Man. What's what's so bad about that? There is a Square Enix uh game being developed based on the Avengers that has not really had any sort of announcements yet. Do not start your conference or episode with Iron Man. But maybe, if it is maybe not that we game. wanted Iron Man VR instead. No, we did not. Yeah, we did. We did not want Iron Man VR. It's just going to be an on-rail shooter and you know it. And <laughs> we don't need another no, on-rail shooter I, I don't in think VR. So. Dude. I think this is going to be a legit. Did you watch the trailer? No, I did not. I that is going it. to be an on-rail <laughs> shooter. Yeah, I have not watched but it. But you play as Iron Man. I I don't have a PlayStation VR anymore, and Sony be dumping all this money in, so they don't come to PC. So screw you, Sony. Come to PC, because I'm never the coming to you. The majority of this, the majority of this was PlayStation VR. Uh, so they announced um dates for a lot of stuff. Uh, Blood and Truth, May twenty eighth. That game looks uh, awesome. I don't want to play it on PC. Just saying. Uh, Everybody's Golf VR, May 21st, Falcon Age, April 9th, Five Nights at Freddy's VR, Help Wanted, that comes out in spring, Uh, Jupiter and Mars, April 23rd, Marvel's Iron Man VR, 2019, Uh, Observation, which I don't know if this is VR, they didn't really say right out, but this game looks cool. This is a game where you play... As a space station. What? Yeah. So you see like astronauts or just one astronaut kind of living out their daily lives. But you play as the space station, not as one of the astronauts. Are you like an AI? Yeah. Okay. So you're kind of watching on video cameras. It fits into VR if it is. But I know they confirmed it as a not VR option as well. Uh, It looks cool. Yeah, I'm into that. Cool. Uh, it's coming to, I think, PC and PlayStation, if I'm not Good. mistaken. Thank you. Uh, Trover Saves the Universe, which is the game by Justin Roiland. We got to see that um, again at Gearbox. Who is the co-creator of uh, Rick, and, Rick Morty. and Morty. Yeah. I'm not a fan of Rick and Morty. I am, so suck Just, it. Justin, Justin Roiland's voice just strikes a chord with me I that I don't like. Think. And I know that is a... I know that it's a... It's an unpopular opinion, but that game is doing, like, the opposite of nothing for me. Yeah, well, no, I mean... Excuse me, not the opposite of nothing. That would mean it's doing a lot. It's doing negative nothing for me. That's still a double negative. It's it's doing positive nothing for me. Positively nothing. Got it. Positively nothing. Um, <laughs> But I don't know if I'll play that game, but Rick and Morty is a hilarious show, but it has the most toxic fans ever. So oh, I'll acknowledge bad. that. It makes it even worse. Yeah. They just wanted their Szechuan sauce, man. 
Okay. <laughs> the tra- Dude, the me, and, me and Robert Dubberly, we, we drove by a McDonald's that day thinking we're going to get some Szechuan sauce. No, we dude. saw the line and just kept driving. We were like, whatever. Yeah, not worth it. No. Uh, vacation Simulator, June 18th. I have played Job Simulator. It's fun. That is one of the few VR experiences I cared for. It's fun. So Vacation Simulator is interesting. Yeah. Uh, no Man's Sky. Well, I'll play and, that. And their new update is getting a VR mode. Yes, it is. I Sony, think it's the Beyond. Sony is all in Beyond on VR expansion. right now. They are. Uh, their sales for PlayStation VR seems to be doing good. Yeah, I think they confirmed over 4 million headsets. Yeah, so I imagine when PlayStation 5 gets announced, maybe probably like a year or so after they'll announce VR 2. It'll be after or before. I don't think so, because I don't think the PlayStation 4 can handle it. I mean, if all it is is a wireless VR with a higher res display, it can do that. You just won't get to experience the could... benefits of that higher res until you I get don't to the think next they can make console. A wireless VR what? that Why? still relies on the PlayStation. Why? Dude, latency. Any amount of latency, you're done. All it would take is an external box to power it with some Y-Gig technology. It, we're just saying like we strapped this on our belt is that what we're saying 60 gigahertz it's it's a thing that's how they do it with vive like oculus has said we had to put everything in the helmet because we're not even letting Dude, you hook vive this up to did wireless did they yeah that's what i'm talking about their y gig 60 gigahertz wireless adapter you're just saying things you're just it's, putting letters no in it's vive's together. official wireless adapter like they sell it. It's like three hundred dollars just for the wireless adapter. So oh, it's oh, yeah, uh, it hurts. No, but dude. they could do it. They need to do that for PlayStation. Uh, they need to. Their next one has to be wireless, or don't even release well, a second gen. Well, you hear that, Sony? Don't release a second gen unless it's wireless. Don't well, even do it. I doubt. Th- I doubt it's coming out with the PlayStation Five because that is a lot of money to ask. for. From people. Yeah, you'd be kind of like front. making people choose stuff, and it's just, that's too much. And they're going to choose the PlayStation 5, not the VR. I'm pretty sure you'd need that either way, seems like, from what you're saying, you know, who knows. Yeah, but. Th- that would probably be like at least a $900 proposition for the 5 and the VR 2. But just, you know, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, But yeah, people have wanted VR No Man's Sky for a while, so they're getting that finally and that is also coming to the pc versions um and that was pretty much it of note concrete genie that art game where you paint buildings and it comes to life is coming to vr that's coming out in fall uh days gone got another trailer i don't know why we're still showing trailers for that game it's almost out uh and mortal kombat 11 got a trailer in which they announced Liu Kang, Shao, no, Liu Kang, Jax, and somebody else. Another person. Uh, They ended it with that. I think this was a bad first showing of State of Play. I didn't watch it, so I don't know, but... It's it's not just because I don't like VR, but we now live in a world where Nintendo says... Hey, this is going to be like a 10 minute direct and it's going to be about Pokemon. This is going to be a Nindies direct. It's going to be about Indies. So you think they just should have said, hey, this is going to be our first state of play and it's going to be about VR. 
Yeah. If you just let people know, I think that would have been a good choice. I think it's fine. Yeah. I I don't know if you start off your uh first state of play this first episode with such a focused group of people that is only a small bit of your audience. Yeah, 4 million versus, you know, on near what upwards they're of 100 o- they're million. They're over 100 million. Yeah. Um I think that's a mistake, especially without telling people that this is what was happening. I hear you. Because when you announce state of play, people are like, "Oh man, they're like Nintendo just had an indies and they announced a bunch of cool stuff. Nintendo has a bunch of directs and they announced cool stuff. And then this one was just like, oh, I guess we're announcing VR stuff. Um, I wasn't into it. Yeah. Speaking of stuff that I wasn't into, uh, Microsoft or Xbox also had its own little showing. Yeah. Uh, called ID at Game Pass. Uh, and ID at Xbox is uh, Microsoft's or Xbox indie division. So curating indie games for the Xbox Live service. And this was a 13 minute video and it was better because it wasn't live and they didn't really put a lot of like force behind it. Um, and this was kind of a thing that could have fit in an inside Xbox presentation. Yeah. If you get what I'm saying. Um, this feels like it would have been perfect to just sit as a segment of Inside Xbox. But they announced a bunch of games that were coming to Game Pass. Uh, indie games that were coming to Game Pass on the day that the game was released. So day one in retail and on Game Pass. Uh, they showed off the Outer Wilds to that me for the first crazy. time though. I just showed this to you before we started this Yeah, and it looks crazy. It's like a space puzzle game, kind of like No Man's Sky, but it seems to be like more stuff in the universe is happening. Uh Uh-huh. Like you can just stumble upon a black hole forming inside of a star, and it's just ripping up the galaxy. And it wasn't... They were talking that it wasn't staged or it wasn't planned for you to stumble upon that. You just stumbled upon it. In this big galaxy. Yeah. Is it procedurally generated? I don't think so. Um, but I think they've, they've just kind of set this place in motion. And if you're not there to see it, you're not there to see it. Huh. Kind of kind of one of those things. Yeah. Um, it looks like a puzzle, survive, uh, puzzle game with light survival elements. Uh, they also mentioned like roguelike stuff too, I yeah. think. And I, I just, if you haven't watched that trailer, go watch it. It looks crazy. Yeah. Um, there was a point in the trailer where um, it looks like, well, ever since I was a kid, I'm like, I'm, I'm fascinated with, with space, man. I'm a, I'm just a space nerd. I like it. Can be a space man. I like, I think it's cool, man. I'd love to go to space. It'd be awesome. But anyway, um, I've always wondered, like, I'm, and it may be something we know, it's just like, what would it be like to actually enter the atmosphere of a gas giant? And there's a point in this trailer where it looks like he does just that. And like, as soon as he gets into it, there's like a bunch of tornadoes everywhere and like a rock in the middle. And it just, I don't know. It was just cool. I've always thought every time I play a space game, whether it be No Man's Sky or Elite Dangerous, you can never, there's either no gas giants or you can't go to the gas giants and land on them. Cause obviously you really couldn't, I'm pretty sure in reality, but like, there's just a curiosity about them. And I don't know. It was cool to see that. 
Yeah. Uh, kind of reminds me of The Witness. Yeah. Me Witness vibes if you ever played The Witness and it's puzzle-like stuff. Yeah. Um, and then they announced some smaller games. Uh, Operentia, The Stolen Sun is kind of like a first-person grid-based dungeon crawler type game. Um, kind of like a Legend of Grimrock, if you've ever heard of those. Uh, looks cool. Coming to Game Pass, definitely gonna play it. Uh, they showed off more Void Bastards. Uh, that game looks awesome. Have you seen that game? I haven't. I don't know what that is. Uh, so it's kind of like FTL, in which you're jumping from like ship to ship, uh-huh. but it's it's a sh- it's a first person shooter rather than a strategy game. So how's and- it like FTL? Because you're like you're like making your path through this like procedurally generated uh like you know how in FTL you had the galaxy map? Yeah. And then you went to one one spot and you would do something there. Like it'd be like, Hey, do you want to help these people or do you want to leave them? And then you could yeah. pick to help or leave them. It'd be kind and of random. And you just moved on to the next happen. spot. Yeah. And you were running from like the end of the world or whatever it was in that game. Uh so you kinda had to make it across this map in a certain amount of time. And yeah. you would have fights sometimes. So it's like that, but you're going from ship to ship to move through this map. Uh, and then you do first-person shooting instead of strategic ship battling. Uh, the art style of that game looks so cool. It looks like a comic book, but like 3D. It looks so good. What is it called? Um, Void Bastards. Uh I'm just super excited about that game. While Jordan looks at that, uh, they also showed off The Good Life, which is about photography and cats. They showed off uh, Supermarket Shriek, which is about a goat in a shopping cart. No joke. Um, And then they showed an interview with the developers of Oxenfree uh, in their new game, After Party. Oh, yeah. That looks straight up like a comic book, dude. It looks crazy. Yeah, Yeah, Void Bastards look crazy. Uh. Oxenfree was kind of this coming-of-age adventure game that was very dialogue-heavy, but the dialogue kind of happened while you were performing stuff in the game uh, rather than, like, everything having to stop to do the dialogue. Uh, And this game is very different in that you play two friends who just graduated college, and then you die and you go to hell. And then you find out that there is a way to get out of hell by beating the devil in a drinking game. So it's kind of this like going through hell, uh, evolving as friends and drinking to beat the devil at drinking. That sounds unique. It looks very cool. (laughs) Uh, Also coming to Game Pass. I know I can't sell it as well as the developers can, but... Uh, I believe Oxenfree might be on Game Pass as well, if you want to check that out. Oxenfree, I believe, is also free on the Epic Game Store right now. Free on the Epic Game Store? Yeah. Plug for the Epic Game Store. Epic, if you're listening, we got you. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but check out After Party. It looks it looks pretty cool. Uh, and I think, I think that might be it for me. Yeah. Game Pass continues to be cool. Yeah. Just saying. Um, couple, well... We also got uh, Splitgate Arena Warfare having a closed beta April 11th uh, to the 14th. So I'm going to uh, be streaming that on our Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash buttonkeygames. Uh, so check that out. 
um, I'll kind of nail down a, a schedule as we get a little bit closer to that in the next uh, next week or so. Um, did you have anything else? Um, yeah, unfortunately, we had a few more layoffs in the game development world. Yeah, uh, e- EA is laying off, I think, 350 employees, uh, mainly in, I think they said the marketing division, and it appeared to be uh, like from the Japanese market. Huh. Um, we don't like to see this. No, I mean, EA has been struggling a little bit. Um, Battlefield didn't very, perform very well. And then we had Anthem yeah. didn't do very well. Um, so we, we wish everybody all the best. Uh, it seems like EA has put a bit of word of mouth ahead of it saying like, we're giving them, uh, a lot of good severance and time and helping them find new connections within the industry to, uh, have employment. Um, but man, uh, it's been a rough year so far. It has not been a good start of the year for many people in the game. I mean, it's, I think it's just a sign of the changing industry. Yeah, these these publishers like EA, like Activision, uh, it seems like they've gotten too big. And they cannot contain themselves anymore. Or they can't sustain themselves anymore. I mean, they can by firing 350 I'm, people. They can't sustain themselves at the size that they are currently at. Well, I think they just, they, they over anticipate what they're going to bring in. So they hire mm-hmm. for that. And then when they don't hit it, they're like, oh, now we have all this bloat we got to cut off. Yeah. You know, so it's just the way it goes, unfortunately. Yeah. That's a uh, more, more crappy news that we don't like to talk about just cause yeah. it's sad and it, it but it does need to be mentioned. Uh, and our hearts do go out to all the people affected that they will continue to be able to help make the games that we love in the future. If that, if that be their wish. Yeah. Um, and we hope they get back on their feet pretty soon. Uh, Oh, did you see that crazy story about that game, uh, judgment, which is, a Yakuza, a spinoff of the Yakuza series. I don't know, like, hardly anything about Yakuza. So, you don't really have to know about Yakuza to find this interesting. One of the actors in the game Judgment, which had just come out in Japan, uh, got busted. Oh, I did dr- hear about that. On drug usage. Yeah, so uh, they had to, like, pull not even the game. Not even possession, it was usage. Just because it was in his system, but he didn't have any in possession. So... Just because Japan's very honor-based, very it's a very different culture from America, um, they took judgment off of shelves. Yeah. Uh, because it has his likeness and his voice in it. Uh, and you would imagine that they're redoing all of his role. Yeah. From mocap to uh, appearances to voice. Uh, he also was the voice of Olaf. Um, from Frozen. Oh, really? So, Frozen is getting pulled from shelves in Japan. I didn't hear that. Uh, I think Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to be affected a little bit because he's in it as mm. Olaf. Um, 
and I imagine that will affect the production of Frozen 2, which is in development. Uh, that game will still be coming out on time in the West. I don't know the exact date for it, but it will not be delayed here. Uh, but that is crazy. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, apparently the Japanese legal system is very much in favor of the prosecution. Um, and then when high profile people like this get busted for something, they generally try and bury what they were in. Yeah. It's very different. Very different. So I thought that was crazy. Uh, and then we, uh, we also had some information on, uh, Wolfenstein Youngbloods. Uh, which is getting a release date for July 26th. Is that right? That is correct. Uh, This is kind of a pseudo-sequel to the Wolfenstein games, uh, Wolfenstein 2 The New Colossus. Yeah, and it's a cool thing they're doing because like, the game is primarily co-op. You're going to be playing as uh, Billy Blaskovich, his daughters. Yeah, which was... It was confirmed he was having twins in The New Colossus. Yeah, so... Uh, Terror Billy's kids are going uh, to be. Yeah, BJ has gone missing. Yeah, and this is kind of about them finding him. Um, yeah. and it's a cool thing they're doing because it's a co-op based game. Mm-hmm. But uh, I want to say the game is going to be uh twenty nine ninety nine. But if you purchase the forty dollar version, the deluxe version, uh, you get what they're calling. I think they're calling it a buddy pass. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically you can you can give that buddy pass to a friend and only one of you buys the game and you can both play, uh, which yeah. is a really interesting thing. Um, I want to say it said, like, you can use it for multiple friends, but, like, you both have to be playing the game at the same time. Like, they can't play it without you. Um, so it's pretty interesting. Yeah, so... Game looks cool. Yeah, I love the Wolfenstein games. I know friends that love the Wolfenstein games. Uh, so we're probably going to play that game. Wolfenstein 2. I didn't play um I didn't play the f- first one of the remakes. What was it called again? The New Order. Yeah, I didn't play The New Order. Um honestly, but I freaking loved New Colossus. I played through that game without playing the first one and was like this this is so much fun. Yep. It was it was so good and I loved the story. Nothing got me more fired up about killing Nazis. Oh man, that scene there's a scene in Wolfenstein, the new Colossus, which even if you haven't played it, you should go look up this scene. There's a scene where BJ, who is the main character, gets into like an ideology war with another character that he's trying to recruit. And they have like this very intense discussion on their ideologies. Yeah. While. Somebody is playing a saxophone or something in the background while a sniper is. <laughs> There's like bullets the flying everywhere and glass while, breaking. <laughs> while they so are good. drinking, while they are drinking heavily. <laughs> yeah, and it oh, is one so of good. the best scenes. There's also a party scene on the yeah. in the base of operations that is really good. Just just There's play a, just play the new Colossus. Play that game, dude. Just play, play the new Colossus. Colossus. It's so good. I have. I have pretty much nothing but good things to say about that game. I loved it. It's I can't wait for Young Bloods. I yeah. think it looks really cool. Uh and it'll be exciting to see how that game plays with a buddy. Yeah, I'm excited, man. Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely getting that. 
Um, they're also releasing uh, the Wolfenstein Cyberpilot VR uh, thing. I don't really know if it's how much of a game it is. I'm kind of unclear. Um, <clears throat> but that's going to be 1999, releasing on July 26th as well. Uh, so I'll, I might check that out. It just depends uh, on how much of a game it turns out to be. I'm a little skeptical, but we'll see. Uh, this appears to be the year of the super fast-paced fun shooters. Yeah. Rage 2, coming out in a couple months. Yeah. Looks amazing. I'm 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 reserved about Rage, but I do want to play it. Uh... You think I'd be more reserved, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to fly by the seat of my pants on that one and say, that game, from what I hear, looks amazing, plays amazing, it is amazing. You know where they lost uh, so me on that game? From the first Rage? I just, I, I really, the, the new Rage. When, it, rage when I first saw it, I was so excited. But okay. everything, like, I just saw the game and didn't even consider it because everything about it made me think, this is a game built for co-op. It's just that's just what I saw the second I saw Rage Two, and the mm. fact that it didn't have it was very much disappointing to me. Uh, I like, I kind of, you know what? Nope. I think <laughs> I like single player games. I'm fine with single player games. I am too, but that game just seems so fit for co-op for some reason. I don't know what it is. It just. I just want to it, play that game with friends. It looks chaotic and crazy. It's got like Borderlands vibes going on, and I just want to play it with friends. Yeah, it looks nuts. Um, and a lot of that game is about like kind of making combos with your abilities. That's yeah. what a lot of their marketing has been. Um, there's a gun that is like a gravity gun almost. Not like a Half-Life 2 gravity gun, but kind of like a gun where you attach a point to an enemy and then you kind of fling the gun fling your reticle in sort of a direction and it like sends them flying yeah um it's a crazy looking game that i'm hoping is going to be amazing uh and also from id we have uh doom eternal that game's gonna be bonkers obviously yeah i'm I'm excited for it i like it i like doom I know that I get hype about things a lot, but I honestly don't see a world in which Doom Eternal is bad. Yeah. Uh, that that development team seems to have... it's They seem to know what they're doing and know what they're going for with Doom. And it seems... The guns look crazy. Like a, it seems like another good Doom. Yeah. Uh, and then now with Wolfenstein Youngbloods. So pretty much the year of Bethesda, the producer. I mean... I, I mean, when it comes to quick shooters, I, I still I still would throw some Apex in there. Yeah, but it's so different. Yeah, uh, sure. Like, Doom is a game where you just don't aim down sights. And Wolfenstein is just super fast. And it kind of encourages you in the way that the AI behaves to move quickly. And if you're moving, you're less likely to get shot. Yeah. And yeah, it's I kind of like Apex if it's just like move fast, but I feel like all these games are like keep moving even while you're aiming. Whereas Apex is like still like strafe while you pop shots real quick. Yeah, but sure. But at a slower pace. Um it in machine games 
and by proxy Avalanche Games because they're helping with Rage seem to be doing some cool stuff. And I cannot wait. We'll have to wait and see. But I cannot wait. I just told you. But we'll have to. Dang it. But speaking of crazy combos in shooters, uh, we also heard that we're getting Bulletstorm on Switch. With Duke Nukem. Is that was that a thing too? Yes, Duke Nukem was added to Bulletstorm at a later date as DLC. Oh, okay. Okay. I I just I was watching the Gearbox conference and passing. Yeah. They announced it there. Yeah. Uh I cannot be less interested in Bulletstorm. Really? Yeah, I did not care for that game at all. I liked it. I thought it was fun. It's, it's fine. It was shallow, but it was good fun. It has a good just, core, and I just I wish they would do more with it. <laughs> I'm a little disappointed yeah. they they just they give us the what did they call it the full clip edition? Yeah, the full clip edition, which is I'm not gonna get into it. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's dumb. But yeah, and now and now we're gonna get on Switch. I mean, how old is this game? It's old. It's old, like 2000. I, I liked 11, it. I liked it. Okay, 13. and I will probably buy it on Switch because I'm a sucker. But just make another bullet storm, please. I'm not gonna. I'm not make gonna. something with more depth, please. Because I like buy this game. The gameplay was fun, man. I don't care what you say. It was fun. It was a good yeah. fun arcadey game. It's fun from some for like two minutes. No, I played that whole game. I kicked a dude into spikes one time, and that was pretty good. And then I was done. Okay. Well, I think I think that wraps it up for us. We had some good conversation. We had some good brews. Oh, how did you enjoy your Hardywood single, by the way? Uh, it was delicious. It's uh, uh, smooth, tasty. Mm. It was good. Mine was delicious. The whole pint is gone. Uh, I kind of let it get a little too warm, so sue me. Uh, it was not as good warm, obviously. Uh, but... I think next time I head over to that brewery, I'm going to get a, a draft of that because it was very delicious. I will have it, have that again. The Baltic Sunrise, don't forget it. Uh, and now that we've talked about the games and we've talked about the brews and we talked about the McDonald's, we are going to head on into the sunset. We have enjoyed being with you this evening. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. He is Jordan Buttonkey. I am Evan Buttonkey. And follow us on Instagram, Button Key Games. And make sure you talk to us. We want to see what kind of beer you're drinking. We want to see what kind of games you're playing. Uh, and we want to hear from you. So leave some comments. Uh, send us some DMs. Or email us, buttonkeygames at gmail.com. Or you have a useful spot on our website where you can leave a comment that will come directly to us. We look forward to hearing from you. And we will see you next time.